And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen, live on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Alan Mahana, and this is the second episode of the brand new Script to Screen Evolved uh, version of the show. Today's episode is going to be focused or set in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but I promise you that this will be the uh, only episode uh, this season that will be so centric on uh, um, or focusing on Star Wars. But there's been a lot of talk about Star Wars in the news. There's been a lot of divisiveness, a lot of issues surrounding this franchise, um, a lot of... Um, I, Toxicity. Um, it, it's just um, there is there is a paradox that's that's in the works here, uh, you know, surrounding this franchise. And because we here at Script to Screen love the franchise so much, we felt like we needed to really discuss what is happening and, and talk about what's happening. But we also have a movie of the week this week, which is a you know a segment or something new that we've added to the show. Now I am saying we, so it is about time that I ask you to join me in welcoming the solo to my Chewbacca, Hod Solo. Hola. I felt like going Mexican today. No, <laughs> hey, screeners, how, how's everyone out there? It's bright, it's sunny, and we're going to talk about movies. Yes, bright and sunny and movies. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect summer to me. Wow, amazing. Sounds I'm, awesome. I'm super excited. We've got a lot to talk about We've today. We've got so much to talk about today. It is very exciting. Um, so let's just let's just dive right in. Yep. Uh, earlier this week, we saw the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now, both you and I, we posted our reviews. Yep. But in case uh, any of anybody out there uh, hasn't read or watched our reviews, we figured we'll talk about it together on the show. Yep, we'll have a conversation, uh, see if our points align. Yes, and, yes. And uh, discuss uh, the film, which I think we both uh, thoroughly enjoyed. This is, the, yeah, this yeah. is kind of a cool thing because we both really enjoyed the show. Uh, not the show. The, the show, the, the show the, yeah, we love the show. The, I mean. the picture, the, the, the feature. The we flick. both enjoyed this sequel. Um, uh, we both thought it was an entertaining and thrilling sequel. Um, what I like most now is that, uh, you know... We live in a world now where Jurassic Jurassic Park or the saga, the Jurassic saga, if you will, now has an OT and an ST. Yeah. It has an original trilogy and it has a sequel trilogy now, which is something that's super hilarious when you think about Jurassic Park. It's just I didn't realize that this is what we have now. We live in a world where there's a sequel trilogy to uh, the Jurassic saga. I mean, as long as they don't go into prequel territory, I think uh, we're fine over Ba-doom. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, it's it's quite interesting, uh, and the direction they're starting to take in, in yes, this yes. new uh, trilogy is is very interesting. Personally, I really, really love the movie. I dug it. I uh, definitely dug the film. Um, you know, one of the things that that really did it for me was I thought that. 
um, from the very start, Jurassic World had already made a very smart decision with their choice of director. They, they, they chose, the studio chose, Universal Studios uh, chose J.A. Boyena, who's known for films like The Impossible, Orphanage. Uh, The Orphanage, um, A Monster Calls, which is a heart-wrenching, great mm. film. Um, so that, for me, was an, already, that was a step in the right direction. Uh, by choosing somebody like J.A. Boyena um, to direct, I love the horror infusion, it's it's a it's very thrilling. It's yes, very the tension that you feel while watching the film. Um, you know, they, they had massive action set pieces, but the, then even the minor ones, dude, like they were intense. Yeah, I, I really liked the marriage of the animatronics and the CGI. Yes, for sure, it was used perfectly when there's a scene and I'm not giving anything away because it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer, yeah. The scene yeah. with the T-Rex. With the T-Rex. Yeah. They're uh, uh, in the van with the T-Rex and Bryce Dallas Howard is on top of the T-Rex and that scene is just so intense. If it was a CGI scene, it would have lost yeah, so lost much from its impact. And and I just love that. And, and Spielberg started with that in, in the original. Yes. Uh, so you can feel that the the philosophy and and the know-how of how to make the movie continues uh in the, I the love that they're they're throwing they're not even easter eggs they're more like callbacks yeah. I love that they're throwing callbacks in these new films but they're doing it in a way that feels authentic like they're doing it in a way that feels organic to the natural yep. storytelling it's very subtle yes like in the, in Jurassic World there was the use of the old park and then with the with the the old trucks um some of the old equipment that yep. was in the Jurassic Park uh trilogy um in this one it was again yep. a few callbacks Backs to some of the characters. We saw uh, scene. Jeff Goldblum. Yep, yep. He, uh, he returned. He reprised his role. And then in one scene that I really don't want to spoil it because it's so beautiful. But in one scene, you kind of see an echo or a callback to the Brachiosaurus lifting its from the first, you know, Jurassic from Park. Jurassic Park, the first one. Um, the one part that you and I kind of differed on, though, was the Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Owen and Claire relationship. Yeah. I enjoyed it in this film. I thought they were don't, don't more, get me more, I don't know, like they were more, there was more chemistry between them in this one. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I disliked it, but I've, I noticed that there's much more of a story development between uh, Owen and the uh, dinosaurs. I, I I felt the movie moving forward with humans and dinosaurs, not humans to humans. In the first movie, the the storyline maybe helped Owen and mm -hmm, Claire mm -hmm. have much more chemistry, have much more scenes together. But I, I was I was blown away by Blue and Owen. It's such a nice arc. Yeah, it's a it's, very like uh, paternal kind yeah. of uh, kind of arc as yeah. well. Like it's uh, a father letting his his um, you know his daughter, dino, I guess, dino kid, dino kid. Um, it varied much that there's that moment towards the end of the film. It very much called back to Caesar and James Franco in the first Planet of the yes. Apes. Where it's like, can I go off and do my thing? And it's kind of like that. Um, which you and I also felt like felt like this was kind of like a you know planet of the dinos. You, you feel that, but well, I'm going to the, the franchise of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. But what they did in that trilogy is very well thought of. Yes. And I think they're doing the same with the Jurassic World trilogy. Yeah, but they're doing it in a way where it's more well. This is kind of the consequence of 
what would happen yes. if we were to do this, if we were to create these dinos from scratch years ago. This would only be the natural progression of where things would go. The dinos would try to reclaim their kingdom. Exactly. I have a weird question for you. Yeah. Just like a bit off topic, but would you ever want to visit Jurassic World if it existed? Oh, yes. So beyond, yes. Like, if there was an actual gyrosphere, yeah. I would be in it all day. Wouldn't you be afraid <laughs> that dinosaurs are going to just jump and eat you? <laughs> I wouldn't care. Yeah. It would be like a very honorable death. <laughs> it would be a delicious meal. <laughs> um, uh, the score, Giacchino's score, was very interesting in this film. Uh, very different. Um, yes, he used some of Williams's. Uh, again, I, I, he's really going to be the next Williams for me. Once Williams steps down next year, he's going to be retiring. For me, Giacchino is the composer he, to look he's for. The guy, he's, he's the guy to look for. Um, I love the score. I, I can't wait for it to be actually released mm. so that I could actually just listen to it on its own without the uh, Im images in front of me, just listen to the music. Um, what do you think of the political side of the film? You know, dinos have rights and, uh, you know. I mean, everyone ha has rights nowadays. Yeah, that is very uh, true. But it's interesting. It is because let's say we were in a world following the events of the first Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I think that naturally uh, something like this would uh, happen. Uh, people defending the rights of the dinosaurs, people... Because what, what happens basically at the beginning of the movie, and it's not, I guess, giving away uh, anything, is that uh, there's a volcano that's mm -hmm. going to erupt mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. island, and people uh, want to save the dinosaurs. People want... Uh, yeah, there's a group of human yeah. beings that believe that dinos have rights and we should be saving them from the island. And then there's the other group of people, which Jeff Goldblum is actually... For me, I thought yeah. that was very interesting that he was actually... In on, the opposing on the other side, side, yeah. That you know, he was saying things like, you know, this is this is wrong. Like, what is happening is wrong. We should just let it, let them all die, and and kind of clean the mistake that we did by recreating these creatures. I, mean, I, I know I'm going to sound like a jerk, but logically, I would be Team Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I mean, logically, I, I would be as well. I, actually, I mean, as as much as dinosaurs make you dream and whatnot, but. They, they brought them back, so let, yeah. it, be, let it be. Let, yeah, well. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the final little piece for me here that really kind of just knocks this film out of the park is the, is the fact that it seems that this new trilogy has a vision, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Colin Trevorrow, who is the director who directed Jurassic World, uh, although he was not the original choice to direct the film, uh, J.A. Boyena was, yep. um, but Colin Trevorrow actually wrote out a treatment for what Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then finally, whatever the title of the third film is going to be, there is a vision to yes. this trilogy. And you can really tell that it exists. Like there is a target that we are getting to. Um, the theories, uh, I mean, it's unpredictable. It can go anywhere at this point, specifically if you've seen Fallen Kingdom. It's really, I mean, it can go anywhere. Uh, uh, at this point, like the the possibilities of where the third and final act of this story is going to go, the possibilities are endless. Like it could literally be they could, I, they I, could do anything. That's yeah, true. It's 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 insane. Again, we cannot give away anything, but when you watch it, you'll you'll see that anything can happen. Right, and that's what's very interesting. And as you said, the, there's a map, there's a road they're going to, and they know what they're doing. These people know what yes. they're doing. And I think that's that's the strength of these movies. They're all linked. 
Uh, it's smartly written. It's smartly thought of. It's adapted to what would the situation be today. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a fantastic job, in my opinion. Yeah, so far, I'm really enjoying this trilogy as much as I... I mean, the, the other one is completely untouchable for me because it's, it's a really, really good trilogy. I don't know if Jurassic World, the trilogy of Jurassic World is that high up on the, on the, on the scale, but as far as vision goes and direction goes, they're doing just as well a job as the Planet of the Apes yeah. trilogy did. You know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War. and War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so let's let's jump right in here. The Star Wars paradox. Wow. It's quite a paradox. What is happening What's going to, this, on? to this amazing franchise that we both respect and adore and we've grown up with? It's it's heartbreaking to me to see that that this franchise is is literally self imploding. They're they're destroying my childhood basically. That's what they're doing on a very selfish note. Yeah, but, yeah. But no, seriously, I I don't understand what's going on. I I don't know what strategy they have in mind, what they're doing. But let's take um, let let's get right into Solo because I think recently that's. Yeah. Well, well, um, before we jump into Solo, let's let's give a little background as to what is actually going on, because some people might not even be that clued in. Okay. okay. So here's what's happening. Disney, George Lucas, what, a couple of years ago? Sold. You know, what was it, like six years ago? Something like more than that. Around eight, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, seven, eight years ago. He ends up selling Lucas Films to Disney. Yep. Steps down. And Enters. hands off his throne to the Wicked Witch of the West. The alien queen. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, um, who is now president of Lucasfilms. We then are, there's an announcement made that there will be a new set of films coming out as far as well as spinoff movies. Um, in 2015, we see the release of The Force Awakens, which was a brilliant return to Star Wars. True. Uh, safe, but brilliant. Okay. Um, a little bit of a merger of old and new. Uh, original characters. New characters. New characters. Kind of a new plot line, thread, whatnot. Yep. We then are gifted with another gem, which was Rogue, Rogue One. One. Um, I personally loved Rogue One. Me too, adored it. Um, I think I've seen it more than I've seen The Force Awakens, actually. Um, and then we're gifted with... The Last. The Last Jedi, which just breaks the Star Wars fan base. True. I mean, like, this is, Aven I mean, this is like Avengers Civil War breaks... Uh, the uh, the fan base. I mean, there's a literally there's a civil war happening with the fan it's, base right it's now. Love it or hate it. Uh, yeah, it's like if you are a Last Jedi fan, you are a traitor, and if you are not a Last Jedi fan, you're a racist, sexist, uh, white supremacist, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, personally, I liked the Last Jedi. I saw it five times. Um, I can see where both sides are coming from, um, but I liked it. I mean. It's it's new Star Wars, right? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it too. I mean, they they tried to do something a bit different, right? Without losing that Star Warsy kind of right, feel right, to it, right? But they dared to do. They something. dared, and we'll come back to the yeah. Last Jedi in just a bit. And then we got Solo, which big mistake. I mean, absolutely. Um, I don't understand 
why we even needed this. No, no excuse one, me. No one wanted why this we movie. even needed this film. Nobody asked for it. Nobody wanted a, a, a young Han Solo. We know Han Solo's arc. It it lasted four movies. We see him in A New Hope, in uh, you know Episode Four, A New Hope, the Star Wars that came out in 1977. We see him like almost ten years older than Solo. I mean. Did we really need this storyline? I, I just don't understand. Okay, so now a lot of people are trying to blame Solo's failure on the marketing. Maybe this could be a marketing thing. Partly. Personally, I think it's a horrible storyline. I, I don't, I did not enjoy it. Um, it had many flaws, including opening up a, a, a plot line with, well, if you haven't seen the film at this point, I mean, I'm just going to say spoiler alert really quick because we're going to be talking all things Star Wars. The the inclusion of Darth Maul at the end of this movie is like, this is just a horrible, horrible strategy because if you haven't seen the animated series, The Clone Wars, you have no nobody's going to understand why Darth Maul is alive. That's one thing. The second thing is the inclusion of Darth Maul made people believe that this film was set before episode one, yeah, a lot of which people got cannot confused. be possible because Han wasn't even born then. This would make Han like a hundred years old in, in, in A New Hope. So it was just bad storytelling from the get-go. And, and Han is responsible for uh, the... Funding the rebellion. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. No, the rebellion. The rebellion. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, he's responsible for funding so, the rebellion. But then in a new hope, he's like anti-rebellion and anti-hero. It just doesn't. It doesn't make no sense. sense. It makes at all. no sense at all. Why this would be? And and what's 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 ridiculous is the fact that the people who wrote the screenplay were also the people that gifted us the Force Awakens yep. and even better than the Force Awakens, the Empire Strikes Back. How could you write? Something like The Empire Strikes Back and The Force Awakens and then go out and write something like Solo. It makes no sense. There's no logic in it, honestly. Uh, it really bothered me. And, and as you said, no one wanted this, this movie to begin with. Uh, I had a glimmer of hope at one point when the, uh, Lloyd and Miller were attached to it. Yes. I thought maybe. Yes. Because there's also a lot of controversy making the movie. Mm -hmm. So what happened is that uh, directors of the Lego movie, mm -hmm. Lloyd and Miller, mm -hmm. uh, were asked to take care of Solo. And they prepared everything and they were going to start shooting. They had, I think, started shooting. No, they a, did start shooting because yep. uh, a lot of the stuff that they shot is still so in, in this movie, film. Yeah. yeah. And there was a clash with uh, Kennedy. Yes. And she told him bye-bye. Enters Ron Howard, which is a very decent director. But well, a decent director, but also someone who's worked under George Lucas. So mm. they felt like they wanted to regain some of the fan base. So they brought in Ron Howard again. Yep. Again, again, it's it's all strategy and politics. Exactly. And, so and the movie came out, and well, it to me it was a fiasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a mess. It's an absolute I, mess. The score is so insulting. No. It doesn't even feel Star Warsian. And they're trying not to be Star Wars, but again. You, you, to me, the, the, the Last Jedi did that. It wasn't copy-paste or it wasn't right. limited. But, but you still felt it was, it had that Star Wars vibe to it. Yes. You talked about marketing. I think that also played a, a part. Definitely not marketing the movie properly didn't help. But maybe they didn't market it because they knew they had a bad product. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They didn't, they're like, let's not invest in this. 
Look at, I'm going to talk about a very different movie, but look at Deadpool. Mm -hmm. the Deadpool 1 and 2, they relied a lot on marketing and they were very smart and witty mm -hmm. in what they did. And that was one of the reasons why the first movie was successful. And the second film was successful with the teaser trailers, the appearances on shows and so on. And, and Brian Reynolds is becoming a huge star amazing, because of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's an amazing marketeer and the team behind it. So back to Solo. I think it's a combination of poor marketing, poor movie. There's no way. Is this a sign of things to come? Is is this going to be like the? Is this the downfall of Star Wars right now? I mean, Are we going to see like another Dark Ages? I hope not, and and I think not based on something we discussed yesterday. A rumor that's uh, yes, yes. Um, we'll get to that rumor in just a second. Yeah. Um, because I do, I, I do kind of want to go back and and talk about the Last Jedi a little bit. Um, you know, considering we we spoke about Solo um, and what we thought was wrong with it, um, you know, I mean, my review was was very very on point. I felt you know the misuse of characters, the music wasn't all that great. I couldn't, you know, I didn't walk out humming any any of the music tracks. Whereas, you know, in something like The Last Jedi, there are, I mean, some of the tracks were stuck in your head, right? Um, now, dealing with The Last Jedi. I did love it, but I am not going to say that it is a perfect movie. And I also do not believe that it's a perfect screenplay either because um, of the way that it handles its setup. So earlier in the show today, when we were talking about Jurassic World, we talked about vision and we talked about having a clear vision for a trilogy. This doesn't have a clear vision at all, in my opinion. Um, there might be one thread where the vision is clear, and I think it's in Kylo Ren. Yep. But aside from that, the Rey storyline doesn't have a vision. Snoke obviously didn't have a vision. There was no clear vision for Snoke. Um, um, you know, Luke also, I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, I can see where the fans are, are very angry about the way Luke was used. Um, so here's my issue with The Last Jedi. It's a great film, but it doesn't feel like a second act. It feels like it should have been the third act in a trilogy and not necessarily a middle act because, specifically because of the way it ends. It, it doesn't end in a way that is, it, it almost feels like all the storylines have been like closed off. Snoke is closed off. Luke is closed off. The rebels are safe, you know, Kylo's being Kylo. And then, you know, the last shot with the kid at the end, broom boy, if you will, because <laughs> we don't know his name. Yeah. Um, all of these things, the way that it's set up, it just feels very finite. It doesn't feel like, ooh, you know, there's still a third chapter here. I... I, I I don't know if I fully agree with you. I see yeah, what that's you're trying fine, to say. You know. But I think, honestly, we have to wait and look at the third movie, which is going to come out. Yeah, next and year. And I think, because let's go back in time when they released uh, Empire and The Last uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Looking, who, who was Palpatine? We, 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 he, he was a character that didn't make sense until they did the 
prequels. True. So so True. maybe maybe there'll be many answers and and but again, as good as it was, was it too soon to do something this daring? Because let's think about it. If you watch The Force Awakens and then immediately after you watch The Last Jedi, there's a lot of retconning that occurs and and there's a lot of like well, JJ was leading the story here, so I'm just going to swat this out of the way and uh, uh, go somewhere else. Specifically, in like when Luke goes to see Ray, or Ray goes to see Luke. Luke yeah. Sorry, when when Ray goes to see Luke, at one point he tells her, "How did you find me?" But in the Force Awakens, it was kind of told to us that Luke left a map. So if you left a map. How are you asking her how she found you? <laughs> she, she used not Google Maps, but she used that like, map. See what I mean? Like some of these things, this is this is where it get it got a little annoying. Was it's a great film on its own with the characters. It has some beautiful moments, but then there are flaws. It just doesn't feel like there is an actual story arc that we are following. Unless you're only focusing on Kylo Ren, unless this entire trilogy is actually a, a red herring where we think that Rey is the protagonist, but at the end of it, it's all going to be all about Kylo, and then it's going to be restoring the idea that the Skywalker trilogy still exists, because he's the only one with Skywalker blood in him, and then we'll have more stories to tell. That, that could be interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, or Rey is going to turn out to be a Skywalker. Because then JJ's going to be like, well, Kylo was lying to Rey when he told her she's a nobody. I, I think whatever they do today, you're going to have a portion of people that aren't pleased. When they did The Force Awakens, you had a lot of people who were bothered by it because yeah. it was very similar to A New Hope. Uh, then they tried to do something different and people got angry at that. Yeah. Uh, I think people have to be just a bit more patient. And yeah, but you remember you remember yeah. the big issues that happened with the with the prequels. This is just another. This is like the new version of the hate towards the prequels. The prequels, I can understand the hate, to, not the hate towards them. No, I'm not going to say that, but the lack of appreciation towards those yeah. movies because they they are very childish. They're very kiddy. I, I never fully enjoyed the uh, the prequels. Okay. Myself. Uh, now I want to just talk about something a bit different, which is we have all these issues right now. And right. I think it's the, there's a lack of leadership. Yes. At, okay. So we can, we can kind of yeah. open up that, that yeah. can of worms right now. Today, if you look at the Marvel model, you have Kevin Feige, <sighs> uh, who knows what he's doing. He has a vision. He Such has, a prophet. He, I, I bet he has like this huge map in his office yes. from yes. the first Iron Man till uh, Infinity War and onward. He, the guy knows what he's doing. Yes. Uh, and he does it with such talent and finesse. And, and, he, and humility. Yep. And best of all, with his utmost respect to his fan base. And to the material. And to the material. Exactly. The, the guy knows, he's the captain. He's the, he's the Han Solo of the Millennium Falcon. He knows. He's the true Avenger, man. Yeah, yeah he knows. He's the true Avenger. So, so when you have someone like Kathleen Kennedy, which is the head of mm -hmm. Lucasfilm. Uh, uh, yeah, no, she's the president yeah. of Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Yeah. And I think she doesn't really know what she's doing. No. And JJ comes into her office and let's do this. And then Ryan Johnson, let's do that. And then let's fire this director and let's get this director. It's a sinking ship. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's um, yeah, and it's a sinking starship. And you know what scares me? Under Lucasfilm, you have 
Indiana Jones. You have yes. a lot of other characters. Yeah. A lot of other potential stories. Yeah, and to now tell. there's rumors that um, they're doing another Willow movie yeah. with with Ron, Ron uh, with Ron Howard. So again, when the captain doesn't know what she, what she's doing. What yeah, I mean, but, but uh, you know, when when she first when it was first announced that she was taking taking over, she seemed so focused. She seemed like the the only logical choice, right? Because she'd worked under George for so long and she was with George, um, you know, in Indiana Jones. And, and she's, if you look at her resume, the woman's done so many movies, like she's produced so many movies. It's just weird that when she started reigning queen of Lucasfilms, she just lost it. I mean, too much no, ego, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. No direction, no respect to her fan base. She's been heard on countless occasions saying, well, you know, our main concern is the story and not the fans. You can't do that. The story belongs to the fans. This is a this is a saga that's been with us since 1977. If it wasn't for us fans, you wouldn't even have a saga to begin with. True. If it wasn't for the fan base, and this is the difference between Kathleen Kennedy and Kevin Feige, mm -hmm. is that Kevin Feige and everybody who works for Kevin Feige, down to Robert Downey Jr., they all know the 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 value of a loyal, satisfied fan base. Um, you know, and, and this is the danger here, um, which is why um, I really hope that the rumor that is circling the web uh, is true, which uh, and the rumor, if you haven't read or if you haven't seen in, in, in the story, in the uh, newspaper, sorry, um, the rumor states that Kathleen Kennedy might be stepping down as Lucasfilm president um, in September. Yep, because mainly of the failure of Solo and everything. I think it's everything together. I think it's just, you know, the board members, the higher ups, the people that really are all about the, the cash <laughs> and the fans, um, but also the cash. Oh, yeah. Um, are very nervous over what, what is happening because they see that the fan base is dwindling down and they can't keep going, specifically when they have plans for more films and more trilogies and a live action show and, and a new Boba animation Fett show spin -off and, and a Boba Fett spinoff and, you know, essentially the building of the Star Wars cinematic universe um, with these uh, Star Wars stories and and what have you. Um so I, I do think it is time that she steps down. I don't think that we're safe if she remains president. I think it will be ushering in the dawn of the end of Star Wars. Because the only thing that's going to save episode nine from failing just like Solo did, because you will have people that are just not going to go. They're not going to care. Um, the only way that you can save that is by bringing in someone new as head. Maybe restoring the, the fan base. Personally, for me, I think um, Dave Filoni is the smartest choice. Uh, Dave Filoni worked under George during the um, the making of the Clone Wars, which is the animated series. Which, in a lot of ways, if you watch the Clone Wars, it really redeems episodes two and three. Yep. Of the saga. Uh, they really redeem uh, Anakin's character. They redeem Padme's character. There's a lot of redemption done in the animated show. Um, um, 
And then Dave Filoni also did Star Wars Rebels, which was a very successful uh, animation show, show as well, which ran for four seasons. And now he's also behind a new animation show that's going to be airing later this year called Star Wars Resistance, which is essentially going to be uh, um, set prior to the events of Force Awakens. So it's going to be between episode six and episode seven. So we might potentially see the rise of Snoke, the rise of the First Order, because apparently we are going to see Poe Dameron in this. Um, um, what's her face? Chrome Dome. Um, Captain Phasma mm. is going to be in this, and they're going to be voiced by, uh, you know, the, the, the actual the actors. actors. Um, so it's it's interesting that all of this stuff is happening, but the fans are falling apart. And the only saving grace here, the only thing that could save them is I think the Lucasfilms doing something as drastic as, you know, Kathleen just... We need you, you to take a step back. Thank you for bringing us back, but you need to walk away now. Because uh, if you remain in power, we will be forgotten news. No, absolutely. Abs I, I think if someone new steps in, definitely people will be interested in, in going to see what the new direction is going to be. Yeah. Because it shows that they're listening. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, they're listening to their fans. You're talking about cash. Well, the more important things are the fans. Unhappy fans mean they're not going to go watch the movie. Well, yeah, but unhappy gonna, fans yeah, means no, no cash. cash. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, you need I, to make sure that the consumer and the customer is always happy. Yeah, like, uh, by, by the way, as a farewell gift uh, to, well, if she leaves, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I, I want to make her an Indiana Jones t-shirt uh, where you have the sentence, I'm making this up as I go. Because I think yes. that's what yes. she's doing. Because again, again, it goes back to the idea of yeah. there's no vision, right? Yeah. You know, like Force Awakens. And the funny thing is, is that George, in an interview, when he was passing the baton, George Lucas said that he had treatments written for episodes seven, eight, eight and nine. nine. Why would you not use the mastermind's map, I have no idea. That's like somebody dropping you off in the jungle and saying, here's the map to get out of here. And you're like, meh, I'll just rip it up. Let's, and Let's use something else. Just, you know? I'll use my gut. Yeah, if I feel I should go left and they end up Ugh. in a lake full of crocodiles. All right. Well, to end this in a, in a lighter way, um, let's rank. How about we rank how we've like the uh, Star Wars films? Not as far as what whether we think it's a good film or not, but our love to what it. What they mean to us. What they mean to us. Uh, do you want to go first? Do I go first? Mm, you go. Come on. Okay. I'm, so I'm should curious. we do them in, in uh, ascending or descending? 10. 10, nine, 9, 8. Words. Okay. Yeah. So um, currently at number 10, Solo, a Star Wars story. Wow. I'm so surprised. <laughs> um, number nine, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Number eight, episode two, Attack of the Clones. I don't think I have to read my list. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, number seven, episode six, Return of the Jedi. Uh, number six, episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, number five, episode seven, The Force Awakens. And then follows A New Hope, Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back, The Last Jedi. Interesting. Uh, there are a lot of common ones. Okay. But ten is Solo. Okay. Nine, Phantom Menace. Okay. Eight, Attack of the Clones. Okay. <laughs> seven, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. Six, The Last Jedi. Oh, Okay. Five, The Force Awakens. Okay. So, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Four, Rogue One. Okay. Uh, three, The Last Jedi. No, I made a mistake. Okay. I, I, I put The Last Jedi, Jedi twice. twice. Okay. Yes. 
three, uh, The Last Jedi. So two, Empire Strikes Back, and number one, New Hope. Because okay. I, it's to me, the original, it's where right. it all began. Yeah, 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 the original. That's how I had it originally. I had A New Hope first, and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, but I mean, yes, it was the original. Yes, I do love it. But something about just the feel of The Last Jedi. I mean, I had mm. so many goosebumps in this film. You know, the the scene between Kylo Ray and Snoke and the Praetorian guards is there. It's just wow, with the swelling of John Williams's music and the lightsaber battle, and the, it was just pure Star Wars for me. For me, I mean, I loved The Last Jedi too. Yeah. But it's always going to be a new hope a because new hope. yeah, I watched it as a kid living in Cyprus. Yeah. Uh, and it took me to a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Yeah, yeah. It made me want to be a Jedi. It made me want to be Han Solo, to have a lightsaber, uh, to go to the cantina and listen to some alien music. Yeah. It, it, was the, it was one of the first movies that slapped me in the face in a good way. Yeah. And for that, that's why it's always going to be number one to me. For now, for now. Now that we're done talking about Star Wars... Although we're never really done talking about Star Wars. Um, we're done for today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be introducing a brand new little uh, segment, Mates. I guess. Yeah, in the show where we're going to be calling it Script to Screen Recommends. So this is where either Had or I are going to choose one item each. It could be a soundtrack, it could be a movie, or it can be a TV television series. series. And we're going to recommend it and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, as fast as possible, uh, obviously, uh, in the last couple of minutes of the show. So, uh, without further ado, script to screen recommends. Hod Solo, your pick. So, this week I'm going to be talking about an old movie from 1957. Oh, wow, called okay. 12 Angry Men. <gasps> it's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. I was also in the play version. It's a, it's, it's, who did you play? I was um, juror number nine. Something like that. Okay, okay. So yeah. basically, in a nutshell, uh, it's with Henry Fonda. Yes. And it's about these uh, 12 jurors mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. uh, have a case, and they uh, all think that a boy is guilty of killing someone. Except, except for one guy. One jury member. Which is, which is Henry Fonda. Right. And it's the power of convincing people and talking and communicating. And just watch it. I don't want to spoil the movie. It's a great film. It's very dialogue-driven. There's so many good performances in it. And, and it is di dialogue-driven, but it's very thrilling at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen next, who's going to change their mind, why someone's going to say uh, not guilty, then they say that the guy is guilty, and, and then the not guilty. And the cinematography for being all in one location, it's so good. And it definitely is an amazing play to watch. Too. Yes, 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 yes. So for all those reasons, go watch it. We need more movies like this, especially in Lebanon. Uh, change our minds because I think we can be yes. a bit closed-minded sometimes. 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 Only, a little, only, a little bit. only a little bit. How so, about okay. you? So script to screen recommends 12 Angry Men from Hot Solo. And as far as what I would recommend, I'm going with a TV series uh, today. Uh, it's, been a, it's a TV series that I've been recently binging um, and it's uh, sci-fi in genre. It's called Battlestar Galactica. Yep. I think it's okay. So not one season is flawed. I was in the play too in school. No, I'm <laughs> okay, Battlestar Galactica, the musical. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so not one season of this show is flawed. Like it's four seasons. I'm in the middle of season four right now. 
not a dull episode, not a dull season. Because sometimes in shows, you have that one season that's not that great. Yep. No, no, no. This is completely, I mean, it's concrete. There's storylines. The, the, there's obviously a clear vision. We're talking about vision, vision a lot in this episode. There's such a clear vision of the show. The, there's so much ideology, so much philosophy, mythology. It, it's brilliant. And then um, uh, Bear McCreary, who's a brilliant uh, television show composer, he did the music for this. It's got a very like Celtic, uh, um, you know, a war-esque feel to it um, musically. So for, for people who don't know, what's it about? Uh, very yeah. Quickly. So it's, it's, um, it's very, it's, I mean, very quickly to explain Battlestar yeah. Galactica. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's essentially, there are, um, human beings created this, uh, kind of, I guess, advanced technology robot type thing called a Cylon. And then the Cylon rebelled. And so they wiped out a planet where human, the human race was living. And so the show is set up where now the human race is fighting for survival and they're trying to find Earth so mm. that it could be their new home. Okay. Um, it's, it's really well written. I probably did not do it justice by pitching it this way. It's very complicated to explain, especially since I've been binging it. Yeah. So there are so many storylines in my head. So I was trying to find, okay, so how do, I, perfect way how do I explain this perfectly and really, really uh, simply? Um, so it starts with a two-episode miniseries and then it jumps into seasons one, two, and uh, three, and four. And then there are three standalone films that kind of are uh, spread out in yep. the timeline, but kind of link the whole of it together. It's a brilliant series for anybody who likes sci-fi and something a little deep and, and um, you know, not fluff, essentially. So script to screen recommends Battlestar Galactica from Alam Hanna. What's in the movies this week? Let's Actually, what's in the movies? Uh, what's, what's currently playing? in what's the movie? Playing? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's currently now? in the movies? So again, a lot of movies, but not gonna list them all. Okay. But let's talk about the important ones: Avengers, Infinity War. Still in the movies. Still. Okay. Deadpool two. Also still in the movies. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Okay. We'll go check it out. I mean, I'd love to know your yeah, feedback. Yeah, of course, of course. Hit of course. us up on social media. A Life of the Party. Okay. A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. And Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. That was a great film. Yep. Okay, so uh, the new releases um, that will be coming soon to movie theaters are Tag, Incredibles 2, Adrift, and Hereditary. So those are four uh, big titles coming out um, shortly uh, into the movie theaters. Um, so I'm personally looking forward to Incredibles 2. It's been 15 years since yeah. we've been all begging for the sequel. Tag looks entertaining. Call, call me crazy, but I'm curious. Yeah, I am curious because too. Because it's based on a true story. And this is the insanity of this yeah. movie. It's, it's, about, it's, it's such about a, a weird... Of, it's about a group of friends who, who've been playing tag for what, 30 years? Yeah, 25, 25 years. 25 years. It's, it's ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous concept for the storyline. And it's even more ridiculous that it's based on a true story. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me at Alan Mahana and Had Solo at... Had.Solo. Makes sense. Um, had dot solo. Any final thoughts? There's uh, a festival. Yes, the Cabriolet, Cabriolet Film, Film Festival, festival. is. Uh, it started last yes, night. It's, it's today and tomorrow. But there's still opportunities right. to go today and tomorrow. And it, where is it? It's at uh, Saint Nicolas on the stairs in Jamaisi. Okay. And it's for free. Saint Nicholas Stairs in Jamaisi. It's free for any of you who like to enjoy watching short films. And the theme this year is all about freedom. So yep. it should be interesting. Um, guys, everybody out there, please make sure you are subscribing, liking, and commenting on 
and Rami, as well as Apple Podcasts. Please contact us on social media. DM, DM us with any, whether it be at Alamahana or at Had.Solo. Uh, DM us your theories about stuff. Um, if you, uh, if there are topics that you want to talk about, we're going to be trying to engage with you guys a lot more um, and to include your comments and your thoughts in our shows. We will be talking about The Lord of the Rings uh, next week. Uh, it's going to be part of the conversation next week. So make sure you send us your theories. If you're, if you have any theories about what the series is going to be about, if you have any concerns, cause I surely have a lot of concerns about the, the, the series. So, um, make sure you do that as well. Thank you for tuning in. Thank um, you so much guys. Screeners. I mean, this is episode two of the show, uh, of this season so far it's evolved. I like it. Uh, it, it's taking script to screen where no script to screener has gone, <laughs> gone. before. Um, so it is rather exciting. Definitely. And, and it's always interesting to talk about all these topics. And as Alan, as you said, please send us uh, some information, questions, whatever you want. We, mm -hmm. We'd love to engage in the conversation with you guys. Hear your thoughts. DM us some stuff. We might talk about it live. We might even mention you. Who yes, knows? of course. We'll go crazy. Of course. Uh, we'll have a lot more contests coming up as well on both of our social media. So in, ensure that you're uh, following us on social media for free movie tickets uh, uh, to premieres and all that stuff. There'll be a bunch coming out later this, uh, this summer. So make sure you're tuning into that as well. And uh, we promise that the rest of the season is going to be as dope as it is so far. Yep, yep. Tune in next week and <laughs> for a brand new episode of Script to, to screen. screen. Thank you for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. We still need to come up with an outro. I know. <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's a Star Wars thing. It's what Han Solo <laughs> says to Leia. All right, we're out, guys. Bye. See you next week. Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. <laughs> uh, that might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. for brand new episodes of Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard.